0: It is the WrestleMania Hangover edition here of Chair Shot Reality on WrestlingInc.com. Katie Arquette, Justin Labar, Josh Eiser will be joining us from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. No, Juice Springsteen, he just could not make it back and be vertical from Nolens, the city that truly does not sleep when WrestleMania. (laughs) Is there uh, a wonderful week, I gotta first say a big thanks to all the people we owe thank you to. Spirits on Bourbon, our WrestleMania Day party, huge success. We hit the fire code. Turn the people away. Maximum capacity. Tommy Dreamer, Mr. Anderson, <laughs> Noelle Foley, all there. Fun time, thanks to Ticket King for helping make that event possible Again, Spirits on Bourbon. Uh, all of our friends and family and crew that uh, made it, uh, you know, that, that did what they had to do to make it successful, make sure that we got out of there uh, all in one piece. Uh, Katie, we expect you to be with us in New York City next year.
2: Yes, definitely, I would love to.
0: Queen of the Silver Screen. Um, <laughs> it was the big screen, is the big stage that is WrestleMania. Over seventy thousand people in the Superdome. Seven-hour epic event. Uh, you were watching from home. Did you make it? Did you stay awake for the whole thing?
2: Yes, I stayed awake for the whole thing. Power I, to you. Was starting to doze off. I won't lie, but a couple more shots of alcohol, and I was awake. <laughs> it's
0: just, it, it, it's just. It. I mean, it's it's. And it's so weird to, you know, we're getting all of it for the same price of nine ninety nine on the WWE network or whatever ticket price you pay. You're getting all of it. No matter that ticket price, it feels weird to complain about, okay, you're giving me too much. But I do think there's a point where we have to like cut it off a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
2: there's a line. They should have like just uh, tightened it up just a little bit towards the end, but you know.
0: If every movie was the director's cut of the movie, that would be a problem. We can't have like endless <laughs> scenes. We need some.
2: I should have been there with my clapper. Cut. That done. would have been great. Done. That, 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 that would needed.
0: <laughs> All right, well, within the seven-hour epic event, Katie, give me your highlight uh, or highlights of WrestleMania.
2: Okay, so I enjoyed the entire thing. Very entertaining from start to finish. Well, finished finish a little bit, but um, we can go into that a little bit later. But the match that I enjoyed the most, which is what I was talking about mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks, was the tag match between Triple H and Stephanie versus Kurt Angle and Ronda. It was great. It definitely surprised a lot of people because it was Ronda's first debut, especially at WrestleMania. She
0: had a lot of spots, a lot of in-ring time. Oh,
2: yeah, most definitely. I liked how Kurt Angle and Triple H kind of... They were the filler. Sure. They were. They wanted Stephanie and Ronda, which is why they started out. And you saw the the temptation. It's like, oh, oh. And then Ronda, as soon as she was tagged in, attacked Stephanie, and it was fantastic. And even
0: even prior to the tags, great job by Stephanie. The cutoffs, pulling her off the apron. I mean, yeah, they really made it feel special. And I kind of figured, okay, Curt and and Triple H would start it, and they would build to Ronda and Stephanie. But well, what was the big surprise was I thought, okay, once we get Stephanie and Ronda, it's going to be pretty tight and, and short. And that was not it. I mean, there were. I mean, there was a lot more to. This. Here's a fun fact for you. This match was the longest match, bell to bell, the whole night. Really? It it, it, it beat out uh, Brock and Roman, I believe, by a matter of seconds. But it was the longest match. I certainly did not predict that, considering you have one person who's an executive, is in a suit, who's not wrestle all year round. Not right. to say he's not in shape. You have another guy who's <laughs> having his first WrestleMania match in over a decade. You have a female who's coming from MMA making her debut in the ring. And you have another woman who's an executive who is not a trained wrestler. Who's leader, not a wrestler.
2: wrestler at all. But they went
0: the <laughs> longest, and it was by far probably the most belt-to-belt entertaining.
2: Oh, most definitely. It, it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic.
0: One thing I was really happy, too, about this match was uh, not only did we get the, the Ronda beating up Triple H moment and Triple H kind of belittling her, like, you know, pushes the referee aside, say, I can take you. But I like the fact, I love the way the finish was executed because I was worried We've kind of figured based upon what we, what we had seen with Ronda in the past and her WWE cameos that they would go with the arm bar as a, a finisher for her. And you know, an arm bar in legitimate MMA is done, it's meant to be done very quick, right? And you can almost blink and miss it. I'm glad that it seems from what we saw at Mania and then what we saw on Raw the next night that I like how Ronda, like, she had it on, Stephanie was trying to block it, trying to hold it. I like how they really built to Rhonda rearing back and wrenching it. So you made sure you did not miss it. I liked it a lot.
2: And as soon as she wrenched it, Stephanie instantly started tapping. There was no hesitation. Yes. There was no... As it should be. Exactly. So I think that that was pretty cool how they mixed it a little bit. So
0: My highlights, you know, I, I have two for two odd reasons. One, uh, maybe a more obvious highlight, a more popular highlight, was, uh, was Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. The match lived up, I think, to the hype. And I also had a nice swerve. I was not expecting... You know, I picked AJ to win this. So I was not surprised that AJ Styles uh, walked out still champion, but I was surprised that we got the Nakamura character, that the heel turn, uh, which he did even great, better on SmackDown. I love the the you know the, the cockiness and the sarcasm, and I speak no English. I, I trying to you know when they're asking him why he did what he did. So I thought the heel turn was a great thing. Everybody had so much focus on this being the dream match. Um, you know, I, I interviewed AJ Styles a few days prior to Mania and talked about you know all the pressure there's being a dream match, and that totally kind of came out of nowhere. So that's one for me. But the, maybe a less obvious one was still the Undertaker versus John Cena. We got the match. We knew we were going to get a match. You don't waste that much TV time and not get the people a match. But because they never made it official, because it, you know, because it was kind of like this constant tease. Right. It didn't disappoint me when it was less than three minutes. It was yeah. like a bonus match. Ha- now in hindsight, had they made this this big marquee match with a graphic for the last month. If we would only got that, that would have been a disappointment, I think.
2: I, I completely agree, and I love that this just shows how professional John Cena is because he literally jobbed to the Undertaker. Absolutely. 100%. Less than four, or five minutes. It's less than three. Even. Yeah. Less than three. Less than three minutes, and, yeah, the build-up, the tension with it all. It's like, is he going to show, is he not going to show, right. and then the ref running Which, out. And they
0: threaded that perfectly. Having Cena earlier in the night in the crowd, mm-hmm. the ref comes The ref whispers something, <laughs> so you assume it's what he whispers, so he runs in the back. Comes back out, lights go out, Elias pops up. Oh, were you expecting, expecting someone to, else? Yeah. <laughs> um, really well done. So while the match was less than three minutes, they got more out of it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Rousey's match being the longest. Who would have thought Undertaker versus Cena would be the shortest?
2: Shortest, right. <laughs>
0: it, 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 I mean, yeah, if, John Cena, if John Cena is able to be beaten at that time, uh, then, then it's then it's above nobody to be able to, you know, just take all, all, the, all the offense that Undertaker <laughs> wants to give you.
2: Undertaker is truly unbeatable at WrestleMania, except one time.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and this is the only bad thing about the fact that they did not have this match official, official to build tube is is when I went back and watched it again the next day on commentaries, I love what Michael Cole was saying, which is true, and I didn't really think about it. This is the two most winningest superstars at WrestleMania ever.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: but it, it, when you stop thinking about it, because of the amount of, well, obviously we know Taker with his history and, and, and the streak and right. everything. Right. But then you think about Cena and the amount of mania, mania Cena's been at and the success that, mania, that he's had at Mania, the two most winningest guys. We saw it in the ring, and, and one of those most winningest guys got demolished in like two <laughs> minutes and 40 seconds. So Undertaker, if that it's not his last match because he's going to be at the Greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia yes. in a casket match. So it's not his last <laughs> match, but if it's his last Mania match, uh, he goes out on top. we got plenty more this weekend on the Binge Watch playlist. Josh Eisenberg is going to join us as we're going to talk about Bobby Lashley returning. We're going to talk about Carmella cashing in. We're going to talk about all the call-ups that came up from NXT as well as the Superstar Shake-Up this week. Who needs to be moved the most in a Shake-Up? We'll talk about it all. Chair Shot Reality on Wrestling Inc. Continuing on the binge watch playlist of Chair Shot Reality on WrestlingInc.com. Coming to you from Point Park University Studios in downtown Pittsburgh. You need a college education? Come to Point Park University. Uh, myself, Justin LaVar here in Pittsburgh alongside another Point Park alum down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Coming off of New Orleans weekend, he is Mr. Josh Eisenberg. Josh, one of the big stories coming out of the weekend, as it tends to be, is the night after mania. Always expecting a call-ups, returns, debuts, what have you. And we saw interrupting our boy Elias, we saw the return, rumored return, and finally get it, of Bobby Lashley. Come out here,
1: Bobby. Come out here, Bobby, this is uh, interesting because Bobby Lashley, whenever he was in WWE the first time, um, you know, he had a decent run. Obviously he had main events against John Cena, was ECW champion, but it really never seemed like he got off the ground. I mean, his biggest moment was helping our current president shave the head of a one Mr. Vince McMahon. So. When I look at Bobby Lashley's first tenure in WWE, this is a chance for him to make it right and to make it a million times better. Um, A lot of people want to see Lashley and Lesnar. You know, they want to say the MMA versus the UFC guy. Um, I like that idea. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be the first feud for uh, Lashley or even a feud that heads into the summer. I don't know if we're going to get it depending on the contract of Brock Lesnar. But Bobby Lashley coming back tells me that Triple H and Bobby Lashley, Feel that this guy has grown in his personality and that's the one thing that he missed in WWE the first time the guy is jacked i'm sitting on my couch my girlfriend says wow he is enormous yes bobby lashley is a guy that's a freak nature and shape and size and stature but will he have that personality i still need just a little bit in tna justin but I don't know if that's going to translate to the WWE audience.
0: Yeah, and that's my biggest concern. I'll be honest. I was not one of the 15,000 in the smoothie King Center jumping up and down to see Bobby Lashley. I just wasn't. No disrespect to Bobby. We've had Bobby actually on the show way back in the mm-hmm. day. Um, but it's what you said. You know, he, he he is a freak of nature to look at, but I had that freak of nature and that MMA proven in Brock Lesnar. He's a freak of the nature to look at, but no personality. Well, I have Braun Strowman, who's a freak of nature and who who is showing... Uh, Who's just exerting so much personality each and every week? So I don't know what void there is for Bobby Lashley to fill. Um, I I really, I mean, I think he got the big pop because you know the crowd the night after Mania it tends to be very loud. They love to pop for any kind of return and debut. So I don't know. Let's see when we get into when we get into the week to week uh, grind of of, of non-Mania season what the fans really do. I have a fear, Josh, that Bobby Lashley might get pushed very aggressively, and he's just again a big body with maybe not a lot of personality for the crowd to connect to. That we're going to get Batista kind of treatment.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a, a, positive, a, a, a possibility, Justin, is showing Bobby Lashley as a Brock Lesnar. I mean, on, the, on, the only difference is Lashley is a much better wrestler and a much better technical fighter than, Bobby, uh, than uh, Batista. So my question is, does he stay on Raw or do you put him on SmackDown? Because I personally think that if you have a guy who doesn't have a huge personality, but he has a great look in the ring and he's fast and physical, there might be a better roster on SmackDown to work with than Raw.
0: I agree. He might fit better on SmackDown for the, for, for the reasons of, you know, we've seen SmackDown utilize guys like Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable right now who, who are who are great athletes, but maybe, you know, and, actually, and, and to be fair to them, they've actually had some really good promos and entertaining stuff as heels, but SmackDown does tend to showcase uh, those kind of guys like Bobby Lashley better. Also, again, because Brock Lesnar, while he might not be around a lot, depending on how this year shakes out with his WWE relationship and UFC relationship, he's still going to appear on Raw when he does show up. Braun Strowman, yep. Braun Strowman's probably going to remain on Raw, we'd assume. So that would at least put Bobby Lashley over on a different brand, away from those guys who are big possible threats in the casting uh, call that is uh, muscular and looking to have uh, you know legitimacy and personality. Um, like you. <laughs> yes, just like me. Uh, yes. All right, so that's Bobby Lashley. We'd love to hear what you think. Make sure you hit us up at Josh number 4 at Justin LaVar, at CS Reality. want to switch topics over to SmackDown. I want to bring back in uh, Queen of the Silver Screen, Miss Katie Arquette. Katie, on uh, Tuesday... We saw Carmella come in and cash in her Money in the Bank. Was running out of time. She only had about two months left if we want to follow the the rules of the Money in the Bank uh, cash in. Mm -hmm. After Peyton Royce and Billy Kay beat up Charlotte, Charlotte did a phenomenal job selling. Probably the most aggressive beatdown we've ever seen on her, not in a match. Carmella comes in and cashes in. uh, Your reaction to this, as it is two days after Charlotte had successfully beaten Asuka.
2: So there's a lot of controversy going on about... Okay, so I think it was a good idea i mean she is the mrs money in the bank mm-hmm. and she's coming and she only has two months left if we are going by the rules um so i thought it was smart that they did it on smackdown because they're both on smackdown not on raw um to do it after wrestlemania the controversy is it's like why would she do it she just had this great match with oscar this and that but for all the reasons i just said and how would you feel if she did it on wrestlemania uh, yeah, they would have taken no. everything away from that match because as, as uh, Charlotte put it, it was magical. And it, it did it did its job.
0: Yeah, there was so much build to Oscar Charlotte, um, you, you know, with Oscar's incredible streak and Charlotte being who she is. I just, you know, I know we've seen Seth Rollins do it. You know, we've seen guys cash in before. I just think that would have really tainted what, you know, WWE doesn't often have the setup that they had with Oscar, you know, I mean, the only time we have ever had a streak like Oscar, I mean, we had the Undertaker streak for those years. I mean, you know, it's very rare you get somebody who they are so committed to and hold on to like Oscar. Charlotte, being who she is and what she's accomplished and the name she is, so I really think that that would have been a mistake to taint that match by having a cash in come into play, whether it's during the match or even post match. So I think they're smart. Uh, it does, it definitely now makes some more sense. You know, that surprised me when Oscar lost at mania but now having seen what happened at smackdown it makes sense because certainly you don't want oscar to win the title and then be cashed in on and they obviously planned ww wanted carmella to cash in successfully hence why she's kept she held on to the the briefcase that long right um you know so i i I think i'm fine with this and and again i'm fine with it because it it came after Charlotte getting a vicious beat down.
2: Right, and nothing against Charlotte, I completely agree with you, nothing against Charlotte, but it would look worse if Oscar won and then Carmella came in and just took Asuka down. When the whole thing was Charlotte might actually go under to her and lose the title.
0: And that would have been, be- it wouldn't have not been believable. Like no, had, not I at don't, all. I don't, care how, I don't care how big of a double down you have between Charlotte and Oscar. I don't care how hard fault of a match. If Oscar had just made Charlotte pin or tap, I can't believe Carmella coming out, no. doing a sneak attack and still winning. I mean, I mean, it took. I mean, it took two. It took two unexpected girls to make a debut and attack Charlotte the way they did. And again, it was a vicious attack yeah. in order to make it acceptable for this little. I mean, I mean, you know, this little. Uh, that's what we call it in wrestling: a chicken shit heel, in Carmella. Right. You know? Exactly.
2: I mean, it wouldn't have been a better opportunity for her to do it until SmackDown.
0: Can you do the Carmella moonwalk?
2: No, I prefer not to do the Carmella moonwalk. Come on, moonwalk. Give, me, give me a little no. Carmella. Come on, give I can't a, give even do a little shoulder Come on, mean, like this, like this, yeah, there you
0: this. go. <laughs> I want, I, you know, I mean, you know, it's Queen of Staten Island, Queen of the Silver Screen. I mean, yeah, we'll
2: butt heads pretty quickly. It's better uh, on the West Side. Than I mean, you
0: guys, you guys, you guys got some kind of royalty relationship going on. A little
2: bit. Follow her (laughs) on Twitter, follow
0: all of us on Twitter, social media. We'd love to hear what you think, cuz we're all post WrestleMania hangover here. But we're getting closer and closer to the next week. We're gonna move on to the new year in WWE, which is the superstar shakeup. We got that to talk about. Plus, we had a lot of new call-ups. Josh Eisenberg and I I are gonna bring back a favorite of reality checks and see which of these call-ups are gonna be successful or not. Don't go anywhere. Bringing back an old favorite. It is Reality Checks here on Chair Shot Rally with the CSR Originals. My name is Justin LaBar, alongside Josh Eisenberg down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Josh, here we go. Let's talk about some of the call ups that happened from NXT onto the main roster of Raw and SmackDown this past week. Kicking it off to you. Reality check or not, the authors of Pain called up at the right time.
1: I think this is definitely a reality check, Justin, because. The Authors of Pain have done everything in NXT, they've been multiple time tag team champions. They're obviously no longer the champions now and NXT is going with a younger, well not necessarily younger because the Authors of Pain are very young, but a faster and a more athletic tag team division with the Undisputed Era, with guys like Roderick Strong who obviously teamed with Pete Dunne and then turned heel on him, but they have these young, fast, exciting athletic guys. This is the right time for the Authors of Pain to get on the raw roster. I don't know if they actually feud with Sheamus and Cesaro, which I would love to see, that physicality, that brutality, and that intensity that all four of those guys can put together. But they need to stay on the raw roster. They need to become Raw Tag Team Champions within the next six months. You cannot book them slow. You have to book them fast because people already know how good they are, and there's not enough time for you to wait around and have them win squash matches like they did with teams like The Ascension. Hell, teams like The Revival, make a splash, make an impact, that's what the authors of Pain are all about. Justin, reality check or not, your boy, No Way Jose. Well, can you do the dance for me real quick? Can you do the No Way Jose, No Way oh. Jose, <laughs> exactly. No Way Jose should be nervous about his call-up.
0: That's a reality, you damn right he should be nervous. Look, I love to dance with no, Ho- no Way Jose and I love characters. Characters are what it's all about, but the reality is no Way Jose has a lot of the same ingredients that we've seen that have just not gotten over on the main roster. I mean, the, uh, the obvious comparison by visual because he had a conga line of misfits was uh, was Adam Rose and the Rosebuds. And the problem is this is one of those gimmicks that gets very over at NXT that has the same passionate crowd that loves to chant everything. A lot of it's the same repeat audience members at Full Sail University in Florida for their weekly tapings. Um, and, and it just doesn't always translate when you're going town to town and you have a lot of Maybe casual fans, uh, parents and kids and what have you that are coming you know uh, to see the top stars and, and a guy like Noah Jose while the music is infectious it doesn't always uh, translate um, I, I just I have a bad feeling that um you know, he's good in the ring. Uh, you know, he's serviceable in the ring. But, again, most everybody, if you're on Raw on SmackDown, is good in the ring. It comes down to what's going to make you stand out. I hope it works. I'd like to see it work. But, quite honestly, if, if you're asking me to, to hedge bets, I think that he's going to be, you know, uh, I think he's going to be doing cricket wireless and KFC commercials. He'll be dressed up as a colonel going, no way, Jose, selling you a bucket of chicken. Call that right there. All right, reality check or not, Josh, Ember Moon will get lost in the shuffle with too many women on the main roster.
1: I'm going to say that is a reality. Now the only saving grace that I think she has is she has a, a unique look, she has an intense look, and her entrance is very, uh, you know, uh, it's very oscar like you know, She has the music, the slow beats, and then the pop right after the first 10 or 15 seconds of her intro music. Nothing against Ember Moon in particular, but when you look at the roster, you have Nia Jax who they're going to heavily push, so I fear that Ember is just going to be booked as Nia's friend for a while, and we've seen what that's done with Bayley and Sasha Banks, specifically Sasha Banks, that WrestleMania 32 is in one of the best women's matches ever, 33, 34, you know, kind of forgettable besides her entrance with Snoop Dogg, so um, I just, I think that she will get lost in... She doesn't have a personality like Alexa Bliss or even potentially like the Iconics where she's going to stand out more. So she's gonna to have to do more in the ring And I'm not sure if she can actually continue to do that on a consistent basis. I like Ember Moon. I just don't think she's 100% quite ready yet. I would like to see her in NXT for a few more months to begin to develop who is actually Ember Moon. All I know is she's from Dallas, Texas. I like Dallas, Texas. I like Ember Moon. But it doesn't mean that the main rosters are going to like Ember Moon. Speaking of two women that made their debuts, SmackDown Live, Maggle. The Iconics came out, interrupted, but let me ask you this, Billy K. Peyton Royce, Justin, are they going to get lost in the shuffle?
0: This is not a reality. Couple reasons, one, they made a very impactful debut. Debut goes a long way. Again, it goes back to like Noé Jose. Comes out, wins a squash match in less than uh, 60 seconds. Yeah, that goes a long way. Debut is a big thing. Uh, they made a hell of a debut, uh, viciously attacking Charlotte. Charlotte sold for them, and then of course it translated, or you know, translated into uh, money in the bank cash in. Uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce also were a unit that got very over in NXT. Uh, now we don't have a women's tag team championship on the main roster, and I don't even think it's necessarily time to have that. You need to really be sure that you have the depth for the long term before you go adding titles. But because they were already a, a an over proven, solidified unit. That bodes well for them to try to, uh, you know, cause some destruction, make some waves, uh, and have good booking uh, on SmackDown. You know, it, it, Absolution, Riot Squad—they were—they were individual girls that got. You know, paired together, placed together in, in these teams and trios, and we're told to care about them and that they're dangerous. And 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 they really kind of fell flat for the most part since their arrivals back in in late 2017. But Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, I feel good about these girls. Uh, I think they're going to make a big splash, whether or not they stay on SmackDown or whether or not they go to Raw. Whether they stay on SmackDown, whether they go on Raw, that's what we'll talk about. With the entire roster coming up. Josh and I talk about the Superstar Shakeup coming up this Monday and Tuesday. Do not miss it. Wrapping up the playlist here of Chair Shot Reality on Wrestling Inc. Josh Eisenberg down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am Justin LaVar here in Pittsburgh coming off of our WrestleMania hangover. We get a big thanks to Spirits on Bourbon, Ticket King, all of our friends uh, and fans who came out to support us. It was another successful eight years in a row now, Josh, that we have been doing CSR on location. And we're still into
2: each other,
0: Justin. We need counseling. We uh, all right, Superstar Shakeup. We've seen a couple of these in the past. Uh, once again, they are going to shift and uh, shake the rosters up. Of course, we're move- getting ready to move into joint pay-per-views once again. But the difference between this one, Josh, and, and past shake-ups, past drafts, is that SmackDown is finally live. So I think we can all agree there's a bit of a fighting chance for it to still uh, hold its own uh, in, the, in, the, in the internal brand wars that is the red brand versus the blue brand. So let's start off with uh, Monday night when we get the shake-up. Who's, who is Raw going to acquire? Who is somebody you think Monday Night Raw needs to acquire?
1: Monday Night Raw needs to acquire somebody that struts like Flair, looks like the nature boy, and lights shine on him, ever so glorious, Justin. Bobby Roode, a guy that I have always been high on, even in his TNA days, has an interesting past so far on SmackDown Live from his debut six months ago. He's become a United States champion, only to lose it to Randy Orton, and then losing his match at WrestleMania. The guy's entrance is still glorious. People still wanna see Bobby Roode, But you need to make Bobby Roode go to Monday Night Raw, it would be excellent for Bobby Roode to actually be what he was in NXT and be a heel. It's never so simple off, face heel, face heel, face heel. That's always people's answers for trying to help guys elevate themselves into the next level. But right now with the Intercontinental Championship division, with guys like The Miz and guys like Seth Rollins, I think Bobby Roode fits in there perfectly and fits in there in a more cocky and more arrogant way. Hell, if you really wanna up Bobby Roode's stock, why not add Bobby Roode to the Miztourage? Bobby Roode, The Miz, I'd love to see that feud. And The Miz and Bobby Roode, they get cheered no matter if they're faces or they're heels, but I want to see Bobby Roode on Monday Night Raw. He can thrive, that's my pick for Monday Night Raw, Justin. Are you saying Roode against Miz or Roode in The Miztourage? Roode in The Miztourage with the potential of M- Miz versus Roode down the road. But I mean, anyway, anyway you book it, Ms. Rude, Ms. Rollins, I mean, uh, Rollins, Rude. Uh, it could be really interesting television for that mid-card title.
0: Well, somebody else so I think we could uh, see uh, prosper in the mid-card, and then we could see move over to Monday Night Raw, and it's fitting because this Monday, on Monday Night Raw, it is, in fact, Rusev Day. So I think, Every day is Rusev Day, Justin. I think if we could have Rusev move over to Monday Night Raw, look, Rusev, he's... Um, he, you know, he shot out. He shot with a rocket here in the last few months. I mean, the Rusev Day thing has gotten over him as a babyface, completely abandoning the, you know, what brought him originally at WWE with the, you know, the the traditional and heel gimmick. Hey, all all characters have to evolve. He has evolved. The merchandise is selling well. I think obviously SmackDown only a two-hour show segments tend to be tighter. I think moving Rusev over to Raw could open up a whole new playing field, not only of fresh opponents, but a whole new playing field of, you know. No matter how, no matter how equal we try to have Raw and SmackDown, and the fact that SmackDown is live. Raw still always is going to be that 1A show. It's always a flagship. It's the longest running. It's what started it all. It's Vince's baby. So I think if we could take Rousseau and the entertainment that Rusev is, along with that, that, that powerful selling merchandise that he continues to have, and you put it directly in front of Vince McMahon, because Vince is not always at SmackDown anymore. If you put it directly in front of Vince and you put it with some of the other uh, options and, and opportunities you could present on Monday Night Raw in the booking, I think that could be really well for Rusev. And, yes, bring Aiden English along with him.
1: Uh, Monday Night Rusev, Justin. I'm on board with that. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be another t-shirt like Monday Night Rollins. You do that. But I want to know your thoughts, Justin. My guy from Raw that I think really needs to go to SmackDown for multiple reasons, I'm going to go Finn Balor. Now, this isn't a downgrade to Finn Balor. Actually, this is going to be a huge upgrade for him. Looking at SmackDown the past year, two years, ever since it's been live, Uh, You've seen a lot of great athleticism. You've seen storylines for dream matches. You've seen Styles and Nakamura. You've seen guys like Ziggler and Nakamura, or Styles and Ambrose. You've seen more athletic, more versatile, and more interesting, in my opinion, characters on SmackDown Live. So why would you not put Finn Balor over there? Because everybody wants to see a club fight, right? They want to see Styles versus Balor down the road and not thrown on a random pay-per-view for Raw just in the nick of time. You want to see a long, developed storyline. So you see Styles there. You see Balor there. Hell, you can still have guys like Nakamura and Baron Corbin to spice things up down the road. Finn Balor should be in a world championship picture. But it should not be the universal championship on Raw, more likely facing AJ Styles down the road. And who knows, maybe we have Dream Match number two next year at WrestleMania New York, Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Because personally, I could see WWE keeping the title on AJ Styles for that long. A lot of a lot of fair and wise points there, Josh. And, and you know, we gotta figure I am wise, Justin.
0: We gotta figure that Raw is going to acquire more people again, as they tend to do. Because it's a longer show. And not, and not ju- remember, it's not just about the three-hour TV show, but it's also about the roster as a whole, and the each Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. have live event tours they have to satisfy. So you need guys to fill out these live event tours. So even as we trickle down to some of the lesser-known or, or lesser, you know, important names, uh, Raw is going to get more. So I think it's important that SmackDown get a few swerve surprises, a few big names, and I think somebody who could be primed to get ready to come back from injury has been out since the night after SummerSlam and again, WWE is all about casting. We got a big man in Braun Strowman on Monday Night Raw. We assume he's going to stay there. Uh, I think SmackDown could get a huge, uh, it could be a huge coup for them, whether he's a heel or a face. But have have big casts. When big cast is ready to come back, have big cast. He's seven foot tall. You can't teach that. Put him on Tuesday Night SmackDown again. Whether he's he, whether whether you want to position him as a, as a fan favorite or or, or as the nasty uh, heel from New York City. Either which way, you can make a case where he could fit. Uh, Really well on SmackDown. I'd love to see Big Cass. Um, I I think that would make a lot of sense. And again, it would be kind of, it'd feel something special for SmackDown uh, because he is pretty over with the fans one way or the other, and and nobody's really thinking about him because he's been gone for so long. Uh, I think that would be a huge boost for the Blue Brand on Tuesday night. All right, Josh, that's going to do it. WWE Superstar shake We will be, of course, live tweeting Monday night and Tuesday night. Live tweet along with us. Let us know what you think. We'll see how right or wrong we are, and we'll be back next week here. Chair shot reality to break it all down. For Katie Arquette, for Josh Eisenberg, Drew Springsteen. Hopefully he gets back from Nolens. I don't know where he is. I think he's lost somewhere in the French Quarter on that barber chair and spirits on bourbon. We'll see you next week.